I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an illegal no. thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. We all know the risks of being on social media. But have you ever thought about the biggest risk? Do you mean getting murdered? A victim inside the house had been shot. That victim was 20-year-old Pop Smoke. I'm Jillian Lee Garner. And I'm Courtney Bell. We're the host of I Met My Murderer Online, the only true crime podcast to tell the tragic tales of how the internet can lead the unsuspecting into devastating dates with death. The search warrant resulted in the findings of a fresh dig area. You will hear from all who were involved in the case, the investigators, the droplets of blood, victims' family members. That was our baby. My baby's gone. And even the murderer themselves. I held it for three or four minutes until I knew she was dead. If you're a fan of true crime, then you'll want to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In our last episode... We profiled a predator I've caught named Shaka Khan. He was the one who almost got away, or at least he tried to get away, because after he pulled up and parked in front of our sting house in Petaluma, California, he saw another fellow walk in, Henry Guzman. This episode is the story of that predator I've caught. Henry was 20 years old at the time he walked into the sting house, met the decoy, and then met me. Although he tried to lie to me and tell me he was 17, and he lied in a conversation with a decoy posing as a 13-year-old girl named Mandy when he said his name was Juan. Henry Guzman was very proud of his Mustang. He drove it to the sting house. He was what we called a fast mover. It was about two hours from the time he initiated the chat online with a decoy, 13-year-old Mandy, and when he pulled up to our house. 
Now, Henry is interesting for a lot of different reasons. One, he represents one of the two or three cases out of the hundreds of predators I've caught, where I had the wrong transcripts in my hand when I went out to talk to him. This is because, one, as I mentioned, Henry was a fast mover, so the transcripts hadn't made their way from the perverted justice decoys to my producers, to me. There was also some confusion because Shaka Khan was outside and we were pretty sure that was him. We were expecting another predator, several others really. And Henry Guzman was in orbit. Now Henry is the son of a pretty successful artist. So he gets money apparently from her. She travels between Brazil in the San Francisco area where he still resides. I actually got a hold of Henry and we'll hear from him a little later in this podcast episode. His screen name was Hennessy1436. And I believe that comes from the liquor Hennessy, as best we can tell. He's in a chat room, sees this profile of a 13-year-old girl, Mandy. Hi, ASL, almost 14, female, California. Okay, okay, we're in California. I live in Dana Point, you, San Francisco, you, where are you from? I'm at my dad's for the summer, he's near San Francisco. So she says that she actually lives in Dana Point, which is in Southern California, but she's spending the summer, has been spending the summer in Petaluma, near San Francisco. This was a sting that took place in late summer, early fall, 2006. And I always remember the exact dates because I had done a skit with Conan O'Brien, who hosted the Emmys that year, where I confronted him as a predator in a sting house. And it was quite funny. And we actually watched, on the Sunday night of this sting in Petaluma, we watched the Emmys, where Conan was the host. So literally, we watched this Emmy presentation. Conan does his opening act. We turn off the TV, and the last predator of the sting marches in our house. Can't make it up. Back to Hennessy 1436. Henry Guzman. How old are you? 20. Cool, K-E-W-L. So yeah, what's your name? Hennessy, he says, just like the model. Then he wants to know, hey, do you have AIM? Remember, it was 2006, so I can exchange pics with you? No. You can't see my profile? Uh, let me try. Uh, okay. You look really, really nice, he says. One of the perverted justice volunteers suggested he should have said, you look really, really young, which would have been true. Nice hair. Thank you. His talk about swapping more pictures, how to use various social media platforms that were relatively new in the day. He says, I think I'm ugly. So maybe you'll think different. No, you're cute, says the girl. Nice car, too. That's the Mustang. Thanks. 
How about me? Ha ha. You're cute too, lol. Silly. What are you doing today? She asks. Nothing. Why? You want me to pick you up so we can go cruising? I mean, I want to talk to you on the phone first. You there? LOL. You want to cruise? She asks. Is that all? He says. I can call if you want, she says. Okay. How about that? You just want to cruise, drive around? LOL. You're funny. Let me get your phone number so I can talk to you. Give me your number and I will call, she says. Okay, the number is exchanged. And there's going to be a call and we have it here. You're going to hear it in just a moment. What's your name? Juan, he says. But my homies call me Hennessy. Are you going to call? One sec. So there's a little toing and froing, and then there's the phone call. And what you're going to hear is 20-year-old Henry Guzman, a.k.a. Juan, a.k.a. Hennessy1436, making his intentions clear, but being cagey and trying to figure out why exactly a 13-year-old girl has chosen him to meet up and potentially have sex. Now, you'll hear later in this chat from the transcripts that he'll ask if she's a virgin and it gets pretty sexual. But here's the phone call. Hello? Hi, Juan. Hey, how you doing? Hi, it's Mandy. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Why, you took, you took a bit long, huh? Hi, Juan, it's Mandy. He says it took a little bit long for you to call. I, I dialed the wrong number. I'm sorry. You dialed the wrong number? Yes. Why? <laughs> I didn't mean to. I don't know. It's all right. It's all right. So what's up? What you been up to? Nothing. I can't stand the phone, Mom. I just wanted to call and say hi. <laughs> I just wanted to call and say hi, she says. Now, what always creeps me out about these phone calls between the potential predator and the child is that the predator in many cases creates this sense of familiarity. It's part of the grooming process. Like he's talking to an adult colleague. What are you up to today? You know, like this is normal. Like it's okay to call a 13-year-old girl and chatter up. I mean, it's just not okay to even go that far, even if he never showed up at the sting house. Can you imagine some guy on the phone with your daughter or son acting like this is okay? Did what? I'm going to call. Did what? I'm going to call and say hi. I can't stay on the phone. <laughs> Why not? Because. Why not? I don't want to show up on the bill. <laughs> It's not going to shop on the bill. It might. <laughs> no, I ain't going to shop. Don't worry about it. Why not? Why not? Nobody's going to know that you called me. <laughs> no, I ain't going to shop. Don't worry about it. Just one, well, just one conversation. It's okay. <laughs> so how old are you? I'm 13. You're going to turn 14? Yeah, eventually. <laughs> eventually? <laughs> You're going to turn 14, he says, as if that's going to make this okay. That's cool. Why, if you want, I mean, where, where in San Francisco do you live in? I live in San Francisco. I'm not going to tell you that yet. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying, where do you live, like, in San Francisco? 
How near San Francisco? <laughs> Very near, or like? I don't know. <laughs> then he tries to pin her down for an exact location. What he really wants to know is how long is it going to take him to drive from where he lives in the San Francisco Bay Area to where this 13-year-old girl is home alone? You know, is it worth it? Is it 30 minutes? Is it 40 minutes? You know, how long is it going to take? I want to meet you for sex. No, but I was wondering, I mean, I mean, I could pick up and we can go cruising a little bit. Hi, well, let me get back online and talk, okay? Huh? I'm going to get back online and talk because I don't want to stay on the phone. The decoy on the phone is playing coy. She's worried that her mom's going to pop in, talk to her, you know, see what she's up to like any good mother would. And he continues to assure her that it's okay. It's okay for her to talk to a 20-year-old man. Tell him where she lives so he can come over and go cruising to the Mustang. No, but just go in the bathroom then real quick. No, no. Why not? I gotta go. I gotta go. Why not? Just go in the bathroom real quick. It's a child, Henry. Leave her alone. All right. Now, there's going to be another phone call between Henry Guzman and this decoy posing as a girl, but there's more chat online first. He's back at it. Hey, so do you want to meet up? Maybe to do what, she asks. Just drive around. My mom is leaving for work in a little while, she says. How long is it a little while, he demands to know. Like a half hour. But, but what, he says. I don't know, lol. Okay. I don't really want to just drive around. Okay. Well, that's fine. So how do I meet you? At your house? There's more talk about where she lives, how long it's going to take. And then, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to. She asks, if you could do whatever you wanted, what would it be? I just want to know, she says. I guess talk to you, maybe a hug. Yeah, that'd be nice, she says. Why? What were you thinking? The door is open now and he's going to go for it. I don't know. Well, I mean, you tell me what you want to do. And you see this in the grooming process where the predators put it on the child as if that was going to make this any more appropriate or legal well i don't know she says okay let me ask you one question first okay are you a virgin no she says is that okay that's fine so you already had sex yeah is that okay she wants to know that's fine with me okay who was the lucky guy he was a friend from last year did you like it yeah Wow, would you want to do it again if you could? Here we go. Maybe, lol. I see, he says. Could it be me? 13. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Could it be me? Yeah, you're really nice. When? Today, he demands to know. Let me go see where my mom is leaving. BRB. Okay, 
So what's going on with your mom, he wants to know. She's getting ready to leave. How soon can you be here? LOL. He says, I have a Mustang. I can be there as soon as possible. Oh, can I ask you something, she says? I don't want to get pregnant. I have condoms. Can you bring? Okay, I'll bring four. What a sport. More talk about the location. The fact that it's like 30 minutes away. And then one more phone call before he gets on the road in his fast Mustang to assault a 13-year-old girl. Hello? Hey, how you doing? Um, yeah, I'm kind of kind of looking at the directions and stuff. It's kind of far. No, it's not that far. It's like it's like like almost like 40 minutes. Now he's going to whine and complain that it's almost like 40 minutes away. It seems like maybe he's worried just for a minute about getting caught having sex with a 13-year-old girl. And maybe he's using the long drive excuse to wangle out of it, but he's not really sure he wants to wangle out of it. And he doesn't. Oh my God, that's not far. It's not far? No, it'll be fun. Well, what are we gonna do in your house? What are we gonna do in your house? So he knows it's wrong, but he wants to do it. And he's going to lollygag in this middle world of morality until he feels good enough about himself and good enough about not getting caught that he's going to go for it. And he will. But he's going to mess with this girl's head a little bit more first. What do you want to do? What we talked about. Well, tell me on the phone. What is it? I told you to bring condoms. What do you think we're going to do? Oh, wow. But why, why me? Why me? I don't know. I like you. You're cute. Thank you, he says. So you really want me to come over? Yes, just get in the car and come over. You're wasting time. We can hang out and everything until, um, you know, until you have to leave before my mom comes home. But I mean, I mean how many condoms do you want me to bring? How many condoms do you want me to bring? Four. Four? We're going to do it four times? I don't know. We're going to do it four times, he wants to know. One of them breaks or something. I know. <laughs> you must say you've already done this before. You've already done this before, he asks. But have you done any? Have you done this with somebody online like to me? No. He wants to know if this is the first time she's done anything with someone she's met online. She says no. Never. So then why me? Why you? Again, why me? He's a little bit suspicious, but not enough to prevent him from getting into his car and driving to the sting house. And here he comes. Parks his car and heads through the garage into the backyard where we have a hot tub and a bar set up. He's coming up right now, slow. Outside our hidden camera house here in Petaluma, California, things are still getting backed up. One potential predator drives up, parks out front, and sits there. 
Meanwhile, we spot another man across the street getting out of his car. Subject in the uh, Mustang going in. He's been sitting there for several minutes. We believe Jack the Stripper. Usually when a visitor arrives, we know exactly who he is, based on his photo and information in his chat log. But as we watch this man cross the street and head up our driveway, we realize we don't know which potential predator he is. Our decoy invites him in anyway. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we don't know as... Henry Guzman is walking up the driveway into our garage to meet the onside decoy. We don't know that it's Henry Guzman. And we're trying to figure this out. So imagine this. He's walking up the driveway. We know we've got the other predator, Shaka Khan, sitting outside in his pickup truck watching this whole thing. And I'm in the backyard trying to make sure that I've got the right transcripts tucked away behind a wall with my crew watching this whole thing unfold on a monitor and the decoy says hey come on in hey you made it finally hey sit down um pour me some frozen lemonade it tastes pretty good i think i want to get in the hot tub so i'm gonna change into my swimsuit perfect yeah he walks right up to the bar as he continues chatting with the onside decoy, pours himself a frozen lemonade and starts to walk away from the bar towards the onside decoy, heading in the direction of where I'm hiding around the corner. Has his drink in his hand. Now he's brought condoms and we're not sure exactly at the moment who he really is. I've got transcripts in my hand. They're just not the right transcripts. Take a listen. So what do you want to do? Anything you want to. The decoy is trying to buy a little time for me, saying, what do you want to do? What do you have in mind? I don't know. I think actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. <laughs> yeah, they do. Time for me to come out. So actions speak louder than words, huh? Exactly. Have a seat right over there on the stool for your first action. How are you doing, sir? Good, how are you? Yeah, have a seat for your first action, I say. He says, how you doing, sir? He's not exactly sure who I am. I'm about to launch into 20-year-old Henry Guzman. My first question is, how old are you? He lies, says he's 17. Now, that really perplexes everybody because if he is 17 then we have no idea who this is but we're pretty sure he's lying and he was how old are you 17 try again 17 i lied my age 17 why would you lie and say that you're 29 29 now he sees a window here because i suggest he's actually 29 which is what it says in the transcripts i have in my hand he knows he's not 29, and I know he's not 17. So what the heck's going to happen next? Uh, I'm not 29. What's your uh, screen name? What it's is called uh, Hennessy. Hennessy? Okay. So I ask him what his screen name is, and he tells me Hennessy. Now everybody can sort this out. The perverted justice volunteers will figure out that, in fact, 
this is Henry Guzman because they have transcripts, albeit short transcripts of his quick conversation with them. And so now they're going to get the transcripts, the proper transcripts to the onsite decoy to hand to me, which is exactly what happens. Mystery solved. Our decoy quickly hands me the correct chat log. Hennessy 1436. Henry Guzman. He's actually 20 years old. He's what perverted justice calls a fast mover. His chat with a girl who told him she was 13 began only a few hours ago. Wasting no time, he made a date for sex with her and then drove right over. That's what caused all the confusion. Take your name and your aunt's. I knew something like this would happen. That's why. And then he says to me, as I go through the transcripts, I haven't seen him before, so now I've got to figure out, okay, where does he cross the line? Now, obviously he has, otherwise perverted justice volunteers wouldn't have given him the address. He has to cross that threshold before he even gets there. So we know his intent is to have sex with a child. But I need to find it in print in the transcript so I can confront him. And as I'm doing this, we're having this conversation. I'm trying to focus on him and find the pertinent part of the transcript. And he says, I knew this could happen. Then why are you here, Henry? Why do you think I'm here just like this? I mean, I don't why don't you help me out and tell me what you came from? I have no idea what's going on, man. I have no idea what's going on. Now, remember, as I'm confronting Hennessy. 1436, Henry Guzman, Shaka Khan, who we talked about in our last episode, is out in his pickup truck, and he he isn't quite sure what's going on, but he figures it's time to get out of there, and he drives off, and as we discussed in the last episode, the police arrest him, and they take him in, and you heard all about that. So who did you think you were talking to there a minute ago, that girl? I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I'm serious. Now he's going to claim he has no idea who he was talking to. He senses a bit of confusion on my part. He's going to try to, you know, use that to get out of the situation he's in. By this point, I've identified the pertinent section of the chat log, and I confront him with it. So you already had sex, you ask me. What is this? Uh, what, what is this? You say you have condoms. Can you bring? Okay. Do you have condoms in your car? No. Why? What's up with you? What's going well, because on? Because... I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on men who try to meet teens yes. online for sex. Now, all this time he's talking to me, he's got a pair of what appear to be swim trunks in his hand. So he knows he's going to change, whether it's for the hot tub we have there or to be in more comfortable clothing to sexually assault a child. He uses the swim trunks or whatever the shorts are to cover his face after I identify myself and the cameras come out to scoot on out of there. He knows he's caught. And while he didn't admit much of anything to me after his arrest, which is imminent now in the garage, he's going to be interviewed by the detectives from Petaluma Police and the Sonoma County Sheriff's Department. See you later. Have a nice day. But not before he tells us to have a nice day. Our day is going to be way better than yours, Henry. Trust me. More of our story in a moment. Come on out, Come on out. Come on out. 
the 20-year-old leaves the backyard and is met by police on the driveway. Drop what's in your hands. Drop it. Now, Henry Guzman and Shaka Khan had never met before, as far as we know. But they did get a chance to spend some quality time sitting next to each other at the booking center before they were both interviewed by the detectives. At first, Guzman denies to the detective he knew the girl was underaged. But the detective is skilled, and soon Guzman admits he knew what he was doing. When you left San Francisco, how old did you believe that she was based on the information that you had? 13. 13 years old. 13. That's right, Henry. You left San Francisco to drive to Petaluma after a sexually charged conversation to meet a 13-year-old girl. So why did you come down here to meet this girl? I guess to have sex. To have sex. Why? Let's put it in Henry's own words. I guess to have sex. thing I do remember that I said, like, oh, like, you know, bring condoms, I guess. And to the detective, Henry remembers some of the sexually charged things he said online. And I just, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I have them in my trunk, but they were not for that. So that means I'm going to jail. Yeah, you are going to jail today. So that means I'm going to jail? You got it right, Henry. You're going to jail. Henry's case worked its way through the court system. Ultimately, he was found guilty of charges related to the sting operation. He served four months in jail, three years probation, had to do 50 hours of community service and register as a sex offender. He's got a YouTube channel or has had one in the last few years where he talks about video games and scooters he finds for sale. Nothing related to his guest appearance in To Catch a Predator. We're not sure exactly what he does for a living, but it looks like he got married and has a child now. His mother, as I mentioned earlier, is a successful artist and provides support. The only other trouble he's gotten into, well, as far as we can tell, was an illegal dumping charge in San Mateo County, California, He got one year probation. That's it. Oh, and I did reach out to Henry on one of the numbers we found. He seemed a little startled to hear from me. Hello? Hey, Henry? Yes. Hey, it's Chris Hansen. How are you? Henry? Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hey, Henry, it's Chris Hansen. I'd like to talk to you. Please give me a call back. Thank you. We'll see. Apparently, Henry wasn't so good when he found out who was calling him. I tried the number back again at least two other times, and it went straight to voicemail. I'm going to take that as a no comment, Henry. But if you ever do want to explain yourself and tell people what you've been up to since you got caught, I'd love to hear from you. And as you all know, all of you who listen to this podcast, I 
like to hear from you. This week's question comes from Dom, my friend, all the way up in Saskatchewan, Canada. Hey, Chris, it's your friend Dom from up here in Saskatchewan. You know, I think the Predator series is an amazing example of interesting, compelling, and valuable journalism. In fact, the Predator series was a big inspiration for me to get into the journalism business. Uh, I worked as a reporter for about three years before I found a different calling. But, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I feel really bad that I know so little about your other work as a journalist. I know you often say that the Predator series is a small percentage of the work you've done in your career as a reporter, and uh, I'm just curious, where can I learn more about some of the other work you've done? Where can I see some of your old stories from when you were working at NBC? And of course, I know I can follow True Blue to find uh, all of the, uh, the news stories that you're covering, but I'd just love to know, where can I see some of your other investigations? Thanks so much, and if you're ever up here in Saskatchewan, I'd love to buy you a Mike's Hard Lemonade, my friend. God bless you. Thank you, Dom. I might just take you up on that. And in case you're wondering, I have not met Dom before, even though his question is somewhat self-serving to me. I appreciate your kind words, Dom. I have done a lot of other reporting outside the world of catching predators, although Looking back, a lot of what I have done involves catching predators of all different kinds. The two major projects before I embarked upon True Blue came out on Discovery Plus, Unseemly, the Peter Nygaard investigation, the billionaire fashion mogul who was a predator on a horrifying scale. We did a four-hour documentary on him. His case is working its way through the criminal justice system. And of course, Onision in real life, a four-hour documentary on Onision, a YouTube character who ended up being accused of preying upon young female followers. A lot more to it than that, but you can check that out on Discovery+. Plus. In terms of the Dateline investigations. There's no one place, which is a little bit surprising. You'd think that NBC and Dateline would have a, a library, a vault, where you could go back and look at some of these investigations. I think if you were to search the internet, they'd probably pop up. One of the early and most significant investigations I can think of took place almost 20 years ago in 2004. Producer Rich Greenberg and I worked on a story that actually won two Emmys the same year for best investigative reporting and best overall news magazine story. And along with a non-government organization, International Justice Mission, based in suburban Washington, D.C., went undercover into a brothel, brothels, in Cambodia, where we saw American and Western European sex tourists go to buy children for sex, children as young as four, five, and six years old. And my team, Richard Greenberg and some of the others with IJM, posed as sex tourists to infiltrate these brothels and, and got some amazing, shocking, and disturbing hidden camera video all of which was in the 
hour-long documentary, Children for Sale. I bet if you Google that, it'll come out. And then four years later, in around 2008, we went back to Cambodia because some of the girls who were rescued from that brothel, and I think 37 girls were rescued at the time, we went back and interviewed a handful of them who are in what is called a bridge school, a school that helps these young girls transition into a normal life. And I'll never forget going back over there and interviewing these girls. And we had a translator because they're Cambodian, they spoke Khmer. And interviews that have to be translated are a little bit challenging, but they're wonderful girls who are on the mend. And they asked me at the end, when I was going back to New York City. And I said, well, at the end of the week or the next day, whatever it was. And they said, could we go with you to the airport? And I said, well, if it's okay with the folks here at the school, you can do that. And the director of the school said later, he said, you know, I think it's more that there is a Dairy Queen at the Phnom Penh airport that is the reason why that uh, they want to go to the airport with you. I said, that's fine. I think we can afford to five or six banana splits. So they came, we had the banana splits, we communicated as best we could. And as I left to go into the terminal, it's a two-story glass wall separating the outside of the terminal and the inside. I got in line to check in for my flight and, and the girls all stood there and then they pressed their hands up against the, the uh, glass and I came back and pressed my hands up against them. And you know, they weren't clear exactly what it was that I did or that the folks with whom we worked did, but they knew it seemed to me that they had a better life because of it. And there were tears and the cameramen who were, you know, grizzled veterans of wars and all kinds of things over the years. Myself, the producer, we all were in tears with these girls. It was a poignant moment and one that I'll never forget. So look it up if you can find it, Children for Sale. And while we're talking about taking questions from listeners, I'm often asked, as you know, how I feel about vigilante or amateur predator catchers who go after guys seeking sex with children, confront them in public places or private places, and then put this confrontation on YouTube or another social media platform. And I'm always wary of them because Many times these cases can't be prosecuted, and it's dangerous. A cautionary tale developed in the last week in Pontiac, Michigan. A man named Robert Lee, 40 years old of Pontiac, Michigan, who went online by the name of Bupak Shakur, had confronted at least a handful of predators over the last year or so, some of them made for interesting cases. He would go online posing as a teenage girl, and he met a probationary deputy sheriff, for instance. And that probationary deputy sheriff was prosecuted. He also incorrectly accused some other people of predatory behavior. Well, as it turns out, in the last week or so, Robert Lee was confronting somebody who was apparently a predator he caught, and a scuffle erupted. He hit the guy, a knife was pulled. The alleged accused predator was 18, and he was with a 17-year-old who pulled out a gun and shot Robert Lee, and Robert Lee died. Now, 
the sheriff's department in Oakland County, Michigan, is still sorting all this out. But it is worth considering the danger that can be seen when some of these people go off on their own to confront predators. It's volatile. And we have a story that's out on True Blue where I interview Sheriff Mike Bouchard and talk about these very issues. And you can check that out at watchtrueblue.com under True Crime Nation. Worth thinking about. You can always find me on social media at Chris Hansen on X, formerly known as Twitter, official Chris Hansen on Instagram. TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen, Cameo. And on my streaming crime network, True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U, watch TrueBlue.com for details. More predator investigations out now. Takedown with Chris Hansen. Several documentaries in production that you will see on True Blue and elsewhere. More news on that very, very soon. And as always, you can reach me right here at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. A Huda Media Production.